We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, when you're always working with your teammates, you're encouraging them, you know, and you're challenging yourself, you know, to get better. And you challenge guys by making plays. You know, you go out there and make plays, and that's how you go ahead and get enthusiasm going by making critical plays, make a big catch, you know, make a big run, you know, big yards after catch, um, you know, make a big interception, whatever that might be. But that's always done by performance, and that you know, that's that's done through execution. That's how you get passion and emotion in the game. Obviously, you have to have both, you know, to be able to do it at one time. You know, you have to have passion and, and execution at the same time. So, that's what we're working to do. Welcome back, Parkinson Spiegel Show. David Haw, Adam Hogue, filling in for the guys today. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. That's Matt Eberflus on the coaches show WBBM earlier this week talking about Chase Claypool, the passionate one. The passionate wide receiver whose little outburst drew the attention of Justin Fields and good. It should. And you can't really tolerate that. But Adam, before we hear from Chase Claypool, who addressed that incident today at House Hall, and thanks to our guy Mark Grody for passing along that audio, what was your impression number one of the way the Claypool and Fields interaction went and secondly the pressure he obviously is under to perform and to show something based on what the Bears gave up to get him yeah I mean first of all it didn't surprise me that some frustration came out of that game Sunday in some ways you want to see that yes you know you don't want a team just sort of degree going through the motions but if it gets to the point where it's obviously a distraction on the sidelines where the quarterback comes out and this is fields fascinates me to some degree. Cause there are some days he gets up there and he just doesn't really seem to be interested and he's not that passionate about what he's talking about. And then you have other times where he didn't play well Sunday and I thought he handled himself the complete opposite on the podium afterwards at Ford field in in multiple multiple different answers, but especially when it came to this Claypool thing, in saying, "Hey, look, we wanted to see that passion, but mm-hmm. it can't cross over to the point where it's not helping anybody." And I thought he he showed a lot of leadership in that moment. Was part of that though, in terms of yes, you want to see fire out of your players. Yes, it is an emotional game, but everybody's different, and yeah. there are different rules that apply for different players. Yes. And when you have somebody like Chase Claypool, frankly, who comes to your team. With some baggage. The only reason, rephrase that, one of the main reasons Chase Claypool was available and the Steelers deemed him expendable was because he had maturity issues, because he has been through that before. So in that context, that's why what happened Sunday in Detroit was more bothersome than your typical fire and passion from any given player. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to hear what he said because I had to leave House Hall earlier, obviously, to come here and do the show, but... I've done some digging on this even this week, both with Pitts, both in Pittsburgh and in Chicago, mm-hmm. to try to understand Chase Claypool a little bit more. And I think to what you just said is very important. You have to earn the equity before you can really be the guy that's like outwardly showing your frustration. And I, based on what I've seen and 
people I've talked to, I think there's a disconnect between what Chase Claypool thinks he can be providing. So if he's frustrated that they're not moving the football or whatever, and he's not involved in that, I think there's a disconnect between what he thinks he's doing to do that versus what in reality he's doing, what they're seeing on tape. Are you really fighting as hard as you can to get open? Are you really putting in the work that you need to do to understand this playbook now? How many weeks into this are we since this trade? It's November. Like we're way That's past two months. We're way past the point where two if, months. if you sign with the team in June, you're expected to know the playbook by yeah, that's no longer an excuse. It, like you can't you can't no lean longer on that a crutch. anymore. You cannot use that any longer. This is what Chase Claypool had to say today when addressing the Lions game and that incident. I was a little fired up because uh, you know we can't lose that bad ever. So you gotta have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. Was that what did you say about him as the quarterback of this team to kind of take leadership in that moment? It's good. We had a good little back and forth, like. You know, I was telling him my side, he was telling me his side, and we came to a common uh, ground. So it's always good when you can have that exchange with a quarterback that um, always follows up with mutual respect. What was, your, what was your side? My side was just like, you know, we're coming off the field three and out, sit on the bench, do the same uh, same thing over. You know, something, something, something got to change in that moment. We got to realize, like, the drives where we have to score. We have to realize – um, when it's not okay to go three and out, like we gotta act that way, you know. Like if we go three and out, it can't just be okay, um, and it isn't. But you know what I'm saying? Like we gotta really like have that fire and energy and realize like, yo, like it's time to go. We went three and out two times in a row. They're scoring points. Leads getting bigger. What are we gonna do about? It? Was that was that a buildup of frustration boiling over? Just a buildup of that game, you know. Like you know, like. I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what scores. Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21. Like, I still think we can win. And I want I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three and hour. Like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before. And I guess, shit, we know how to lose. So like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort. And like, damn, this just happened last week. Or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. So it's all about mentality. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah. And I get it. Like, you know, I get it. I don't get it. Like, end of this, like near the end of the season, you know, people are beat up and stuff like that. But, you know, every week, no matter what the record is or what it looks like in the season, like, you got to win every game. Every game. We got a chance to win. We got a chance in every game. So this wasn't a personal. Chase Claypool at Hallis Hall today. More explanation than apology. Yes. And I find it very interesting to hear what we came back from the break with with Matt Eberflus, who basically said, all that fire and passion is great. Do something about it on the field. Yes. I I, I that, think that's the case. That's the that's the goal. I, I don't know that you want to tolerate or can afford to, if you are a young developing team, these little little passionate outbursts in the name of Competitiveness. So so that's what I'm getting at when I say I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between what Chase Claypool thinks like the guys around him need to do something to get them to stop going three and out versus I think what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and everyone else and probably Justin Fields is like, get open. That would help us go not through. Here's the mirror. Three and out. Yeah. Here, here's the mirror, Chase. You might, might want to look in it. At, get, uh, get your playbook too. 
I don't know. I thought that he was going to sound a little bit more contrite. This is a guy who, when you have not performed up to expectations, and there are a lot of reasons why. We don't need to amplify those anymore. But when you haven't done what people expected you to do and you are a player that the team that traded for you gave up a lot to get you, and then you have a little bit of, you know, you're known more for your immaturity than you are for your production, I think that you better sound a little more contrite. Yeah. Is that overstating it? I, I just, that's a little surprising there because I hadn't heard that before. Mark Grody texted me, said this is pretty good, and it was very candid. But I thought it, I think it's interesting. That you, wide receivers have big personalities. Yes. That's okay. You better have big numbers too. Right. You got to deliver. You got to deliver. Along with that. Especially when it's a guy who you gave up what they gave up, which is essentially a first-round draft pick, late first-round draft pick, yep. second technically. And you did it to get ahead of yourself in the free agent class because not a lot of free agent wide receivers will be available of his caliber in theory. It, in theory. It almost literally could become a first-round pick. If the Bears end up with the first I know, pick, because it'll be Dolphins. number 32. I know. It'll be number 32 in the draft. So that's a <laughs> that, that's a big price for somebody who I have not given up on. I have been consistent with this on the morning show. I'm not going to. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt going to the offseason – Hope that it returns healthy, knowing the playbook and having that rapport established with Justin Fields, that chemistry intact. I still think he can be a winning player. But this gave me a little pause. I'm not going to lie. Another thing I want to point out, though, I don't think Ryan Poles traded for him with the intention of him being the Bears' number one wide receiver. Well, I hope not. And and, and so He's not a bona fide number one. Right. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is, okay, you give him another offseason. He's going to be going into a contract here. You get Darnell Mooney back. Ideally, and we better be sitting here like a year from now, right? Not even a year from now, four months from now, talking about how the Bears either landed a stud in the draft or in free agency at wide receiver. Okay, now maybe he's your number three. And – the whole thing could look a lot better. Well, I don't That's know about the saying. number. You're, I don't know about yeah. the numbering system. I think the Bears do need that number one receiver, whether it's in the draft, whether it's a guy like Quentin Johnston or DeAndre Hopkins or boy Devontae Adams. I'll be he more specific, good. just in okay. terms of production. Yeah, production. Okay. If he's number three in production next year amongst your wide wide receivers, then I think it's a worthwhile deal. Then I still think it's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm getting. at. It is, and yeah. I hope that that's the case because that would mean the Bears in theoretically have a passing game where they have two other receivers worthy of catching more passes than Chase Claypool. Yeah. Who either stay healthy enough or get open enough. That's been the biggest problem too. And that also goes back to our uh, main point, the way we started the show in terms of what Justin Fields needs to help him progress as a passer, improve as a quarterback. You need receivers that can get open and then a line that can protect you. And then those things will happen. And he really hasn't had both consistently. He's had times, certainly, but not consistently. I also want the Chase Claypool that caught 10 touchdowns as a rookie in Pittsburgh. I know. I want that guy, and I think that that's a lot to ask, but when you, when you raise the expectations, you, that you, you, you set the bar pretty high, and when you fail to meet that, then you are a symbol of disappointment. And right now, that's the only reason he's in Chicago, because to Pittsburgh – he symbolized disappointment. 
One of my friends made out with Chase Claypool in college. He said he was a really nice guy. <laughs> so if that if that makes you feel any better about his Why contributions this season, feel any better? He know. can actually, know, David. He can catch a pass. Your friend went to Notre Dame. Yeah. You have a friend that went to Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why I, I was more focused on that. Why is that weird? It's like know. a local school, and I'm from here. It's not a local school. <laughs> I would say it's a local school. You get into Notre Dame, you have, to have a, you have to have a pretty uh, high GPA. All right, so are you, are, are you explicitly saying all of my friends are stupid? <laughs> no, not, not at all. He's linking Same. GPA to. Not at all. It's coming from friends. the guy from Indiana. I was just setting you up. For power ranking the states, it's number 51. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's also where Notre Dame's located. It is where Notre Dame is located. I will remind you, South Bend, Indiana, very nice place. No, it's lived not. there for 11 years. Yes, it is. My son was born I lived in South there for Bend, a year Indiana. And a half. It's not You're nice. You're going to disparage South Bend, Indiana, the birthplace yeah, of my son. I am. My son was born in Wausau. I don't talk it up. <laughs> you didn't live in Wausau. I, you did, were on, I did for a month. You were on vacation. Yeah. But then I then, had to live there. Then you had to live there for a month. Yeah. South Bend sucks. Enjoy the Chipotle out there. It's more than Chipotle. Nice place on the river. Oh, man, now I'm getting nostalgic. Good thing the Pop show's almost South over. South Bend. <laughs> End the show. Shane, I'm going to tell a quick story. Yep, so, Wani was just in here. Dave Wans has coached at a lot of different places. He's coached at USC. He's coached at Miami, Oklahoma State. It's what happens when you don't have a lot of success. You Chicago, bounce around Pittsburgh, a lot. Miami, right? Dave Wanstead, who is a high-character guy, moved around, successful coach by any measure. I'm, not, I'm ignoring that. Cheap I shot. can't. I seriously can't even believe Shane said that, cheap even shot. as a joke. Is he still in there? <laughs> probably. No. Okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't do much. His wife Jan, his wife Jan, wonderful woman, right? Yeah, she's great. So she's at the holiday party. Wani's making the rounds. We were talking, and I was just talking to her about all the different places that they have lived. And I said to her, of all the times you traveled around the country, of all the places you have lived, where was your favorite? Where was your favorite part of the country to live? And she said, you know what? I get that question a lot. My favorite place was wherever we are now. Oh. Wherever you are now, Shane, that is where you make the most of it, and that is where you buy into it, right? and that's where you take pride in. So, David, take a note here. Yeah. You can see I'm clearly not in South Bend. <laughs> but I was for 11 years. So if I am one place for 11 years, that means that it's a place worth living, and it's a really good hometown. So take that. <laughs> take that sparkle. Oh, take Did they that. retire take that? Yeah. Now? <laughs> yeah, they be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Chuck Pagano. Yes. How'd that go? Thank you, right, Adam. That's fine. Yeah. Again, not a lot of success bouncing around. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap this thing up. We got one more segment, right? Is that am I on? We usually do one last thing one in last the final thing? segment. So if you have that any one last thing questions, go ahead and get them in. All right, one last yeah. thing questions. You can text them, you can tweet them, you can twitch them, whatever you want. Shane will get them. One last thing. Adam Hogue, David Hall in for Parkins and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.